ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. And there's a blast for Broncos Blast, which is next. We talk to Ian St. Clair. Follow him at Ian St. Clair at Mile High Report. Listen to him on the Mile High Report radio podcast with Ian Malnati, two local guys who are passionate, grew up rooting for the Broncos and uh, not afraid to uh, to criticize their, their favorite team or uh, catch Ian, of course, on Mile High Report and what he does there. He's a lead writer at PlayColorado.com. But just ahead of that, we'll tell you it's brought to you by... Framed Art. Keep calm and frame on with Brian Hart at Framed Art this holiday season. Every Saturday like today is Small Business Saturday. Support your local businesses this holiday season like Framed Art. Hey, March 15th will be their 30th anniversary. Uh, and they, uh, if you look on Twitter, they, you know, the, you can look at what they did. They have framed over 50 mat pieces, uh, matted over 50 pieces for the single city of Englewood's 2021 calendar. All the local teams use them. Uh, they love getting creative with the kids' uh, special art that goes into that calendar. Stop in uh, in, tw- in 2020 or 2021 and get a free calendar. Hey, and check out on Twitter this week the featured a framed number seven John Elway jersey at Framed Art on Twitter and to follow them and see that on Facebook, uh, 3065 South Broadway, Framed Art. Now we welcome in our buddy Ian St. Clair and ahead of uh, the dread now dreaded Chiefs week, which I can't imagine Bronco fans are really looking forward to uh, if they have a rooting interest for the Broncos. Anyway, I've, I've got a question. I cannot understand why Coloradoans and Bronco fans in particular don't understand what happened to the Bronco quarterbacks, that this is some kind of special punishment that the, that the Broncos got. When what, what the quarterbacks did in, in that room, lowering their masks while they were socially distanced, however mm-hmm. briefly uh, they did that, we don't, I don't, I don't know if we know how often, how long they didn't have their masks on. If it was, I assume it was a significant amount of time. Um, but you, they vote brought, they violated the one thing you can't do in sports, and that's get between owners and their money. This NFL season is, what, a 12th, 13th week now, and they have not canceled a single game. They postponed a few, but they have not canceled a single game. And if you're going to jeopardize the playing out of this season uh, in, in the midst of a COVID pandemic, um, you can expect help from the NFL uh, and uh, if, you, if you don't believe that's what that's what's involved regardless of how serious the infraction seems to you you can ask Pete Rose about this Ian well first off I gotta mention the the STP Stone Temple Pilots plush intro so that that's always a, a major win so at least there'll be one win this week. <laughs> one win this week boy. At, as for uh, as for the the game on Sunday. I think the big reason there, I think there's two reasons why it happened. I think it's one because the quarterbacks completely, uh, not just wearing their mask and socially distanced. There is a new protocol put in place by the league last week that said, do not meet as a position group. And they did that 
regardless of what the new protocol was. So they should have known what that what, what that protocol was, was you can't gather as a position group. And the other reason is you mentioned the ownership. Well, the Broncos don't have an owner. That's why this happened on Sunday. If Pat Bowen is still around, this doesn't happen. Regardless of what the quarterbacks do in that room, if Pat Bowen is around, mm-hmm. that game's not played on Sunday. They would have yep. waited until one of the quarterbacks was eligible to play. So that's the main reason to me why this happened. And it's yet more evidence of why this organization is in the position it's in is because it has no leadership at the top. It's a rudderless ship. There's no one to hold anybody accountable for what has gone on on the field and apparently now at the facility. You know, Ian, that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point because think about this. The two guys who are supposed to be at the, at the head of the ship are just recovering from COVID themselves, uh, Elway and Ellis. So, yeah, it's it's a mess right now. And no, there's no doubt that the NFL dropped the hammer harder on the Broncos because of their unhappiness with the ownership situation. They voiced that last week, that it's t- enough is enough. Beth Bowen came out with a statement this week, enough is enough. And it, it, something's got to happen, although the court still has to sign off on anything that, that can be done as far as a sale. That's a different topic. Michael, I disagree with what you said about, about at your intro here this was not equal justice under the law it just was not the saints got fined six million dollars the next day yet they were not allowed they were allowed to play and the broncos weren't fined they were for, they had to forfeit the game essentially so the broncos were not treated act fairly think about this they self-reported this violation they sent video of this meeting to the league and asked for the league you know they, they self-reported it they could have covered it up they could have done nothing and nothing would have happened they self-reported it assuming they're going to get a slap on the wrist and instead they had to forfeit the game essentially um that remember the, no, the, michael the the, the league uh, shifted their schedules around so cam newton could play against the broncos they've done, uh, ian's right uh, uh, pat bull is the owner they moved this game to Monday or Tuesday like they did with Pittsburgh and the Ravens and all that stuff they could have made accommodations to make a competitive football game but they were made they were sending a message and they were that, it, that is not it that is not it their protocol. I mean it's totally it totally relevant everything you're saying they don't it care if consistent. it's a competitive game they care that the game gets televised and they get their money and the game is played they don't care if it's a competitive game I did not shift Cam Newton uh, or the Pittsburgh Steelers or any of those games because of competitive advantage they shifted because they could just they couldn't justify that it wasn't a dangerous health situation with the broncos it was isolated there's a group that met by themselves and they were isolated and there was no danger and so they're going to go on and too bad for you if you don't take care of your business don't jeopardize my business i mean how bad is pete rose betting on his own team to win in baseball it's 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 not considered anything wrong in society but but, but with it gambling, jeopardizes with gambling the entire operation of Major League that, Baseball, and they that, won't and stand that for was, it. But that was consistent across all of baseball. They treated Pete Rose the same way they treated everybody else in those situations. Joe Jackson, a whole bit. This was not and consistent. This is consistent. No, it was not consistent. There was not. They they could have done no health situation involved. They could have moved the game uh, the, uh, two days later and a day later, and the quarterbacks would have been fine to play. They could have moved why, the game. Why should, why should they penalize the team the Broncos are playing because the Broncos are irresponsible? They, pro- they penalized the Broncos when the Patriots couldn't play. They took away their well, bye week. The Patriots had an outbreak that wasn't contained. Once it was contained, outbreak? The game was it was two guys. It was Stephon Gilmore and Cam Newton. Two guys. It was, that's not an outbreak. Ian, uh-huh. I, I, I'm on your side, Ian. I why? think it was a sham. 
I think it is a sham because so much about the NFL is reactionary. You have an outbreak with the Ravens that's almost damn near their whole entire roster, but they get loops and, and hoops jumped through so that they can have the game played on Wednesday. If you look at the Titans, they were so told strictly not to meet. That's as earlier in the season. They were told not to meet at the facility. They were not. They were told not to meet at all. What did the Titans do? They met anyway. So it's it's. I think you look at what the Titans, the Ravens, the Patriots did, and then the Broncos. Apparently, if you have an outbreak and you and you do it the wrong way, you get to have your game postponed. But if you have a blip, you get punished. and you self-report it, and you self-report it, and you get and the hammer. The you have to forfeit the game. All of this, it's not a moral <laughs> question; it's a health question. You guys are off the line. Let's get to the Chiefs game. Who's who's responsible? For making this a competitive game uh, between the wildly favored Chiefs, the most favored team in football this week is the Chiefs over the Broncos. Is it the Broncos' responsibility? Are they? Is it up to them to make this a close game, or is it up to the Chiefs to kind of overlook the Broncos? I think it's a little bit of both. I think yeah. the Chiefs are definitely uh, – they should be the, the huge favorite, the favorite that they are. Now, I think what's disconcerting is, especially after this last game in Denver – a couple of weeks ago, is the gap is not closing, it's widening. And I, I think yeah. you look at the last three games and you look at the scores of these games and how competitive they've been, it's not. And I think it's, it's that, that's on the Chiefs. And I think the reason that it, they're not going to have a slip-up where you typically play down to your competition and don't take them seriously is because of the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are still undefeated. And I think that the Chiefs want to have home field advantage. I think one of the few teams that match up well with the Chiefs is Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. So I think they're going to come out and do what they do against the Broncos, which is beat them the last 10 games. It is still mind-boggling to me that the last time the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs was Week 2 of 2015. Yeah, it's um, it, it, you're right. It's not. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. But uh, do we judge this game in terms of if they win, it's great. If they lose, it's terrible. Or do we look for progress? Maybe not. You know, maybe not a victory, but progress. Make a closer game out of it. Show you you can stay on the same field with the world champions. Hey, let's, I, let's I see if, if they can good. and how they can. Ian, let's get into your analysis of the game and get your prediction. Do they? Can they? How? How do they do it? I, I think the only way the Broncos have a chance in this game is if they come out with a strong start. They cannot have a sluggish start that they are prone to have, uh, especially this season. They need to come out with a strong start. On offense, it's move the ball down and score a touchdown on your first possession. If it's defense, you force three and out. And I think the Broncos' defense can look at what they did in that first game because they did hold Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense for the most part yeah. in check. It's just Drew Locke played absolutely horribly. So what Drew Locke is going to show up? Is it going to be the one who's played and not played well the last two times he's played the Chiefs, or is it going to be the one that we saw against the Miami Dolphins? And I think what will help Drew Locke in that situation is a game plan and an offensive system that Pat Shermer and the offense ran against the Dolphins. If If the offense can play like they did against the Dolphins, it at least gives them a puncher's chance. I don't think it will be enough. I still think the Chiefs are going to cover. I think it's not going to be close. I, I think I have it around 43 to 17. 
But if they if they have a strong start, if the offense can come out and have a strong start, and the defense comes out with a strong start, at least have a chance. But if they come out sluggish, it's going to be a long night. Yep. Got to agree. Final comment, agree. Mark. No, I think that's he's, he nailed it. That's that's how it's going to be. I I've got I got the Chiefs winning big uh, this week myself. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get yeah, to that I mean, when we talk to Bruce Marshall at nine, at nine fifteen and do our, our picks of the week. Hey Ian, uh, we will look for your horse tracks column, pregame column. We uh, we get ready for game day every Sunday on Mile High Report, reading your column. Thank you, and we'll uh, we'll talk wins and losses next week. Thanks guys. Thanks Ian. All right, stay tuned. Ram Roundup is next. Mark Knudsen, Kelly Lyle. San Diego State hasn't had enough of us Coloradans. Can the rested Rams hang on and hang enough points on against that vaunted 4-2-5 defense to pull off a state sweep for the state of Colorado? We'll get game analysis and prediction next. 